morning, church, and thank you for joining me today as we get ready to study the Word of God. If you can, I want you to go to 1 Samuel chapter 20, beginning at verse 18. And this is what the Word of God says. Then Jonathan said to David, Tomorrow is a new moon festival. You'll be missed because your seat will be empty. The day after tomorrow toward evening, go to the place where you hid when trouble began, and wait by the stone of Azel. I'll shoot three arrows to the side of it, as though I were shooting a target. Then I will send a boy, and I will say to him, Go and find the arrows. If I say to that boy, Look, the arrows are on the side of you, bring it here, then come, because as surely as the Lord lives, you're safe. There's no danger. But if I say to that boy, Look, the arrows are beyond you, then you must go, because the Lord has sent you away. And about the matter you and I discuss, remember, the Lord is a witness between you and me forever. So David hid in the field, and when the new moon festival came, the king sat down to eat. And I want you to look at verse 35. In the morning, Jonathan went out to the field for the meeting with David, and he had a small boy with him. And he said to the boy, run and find the arrows I shoot. And as the boy ran, he shot the arrow beyond him. Let me say that one more time. He shot the arrow beyond him. I want to speak to you on the subject this morning, on overcoming a crushed spirit. But before that, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this morning. And Lord, we gather together as a church and in our homes, with our family now, but we're ready and eager to learn your word today. So God, I pray that today you would use me to speak your word. For anyone listening today online, I pray that you would help them to understand and learn as well and apply this to their lives today. Father, for anyone listening who has a crushed spirit today, let us learn how to overcome that. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Before we learn how to, uh, how to overcome a crushed spirit, let me just explain to you what's happening here in this story we just read. We're talking about King David. Now many of us know who King David is through the scriptures. We know that David was a young boy who was out in the field. He was just a, a shepherd. David was often looked down upon. He was discarded by his family. He was often rejected and counted out. But the Bible shows us that one day a prophet named Samuel was told by God to go find David and anoint him to be king, the future king of Israel. So we know that David now had a bigger plan from God. So even though David was a a poor, small shepherd boy who was often looked down upon, God had bigger plans for him. God anointed him, and when you were anointed by a prophet, it literally just meant that the Spirit of God was with you, that God was going to help you. So David now knew that he was anointed. David knew and had this vision from God now that he would one day be king. So now David has this promise from God that his life would be changed and he would be a king someday and a great leader. But you know that when I looked at that, I realized that the time between the promise 
and the time that David actually became king was about 15 years. So for 15 years, David would go through this process, this process that would prepare him to be king. And during this process, David would go through battles. David would go through betrayal. David would go through nights of loneliness and sadness. I want this to remind anyone here today that even though God may have a big plan for your life, and I believe that God has a great vision that He's given you for your life and future, but let this remind us today that the promises and the blessings of God and even the visions God gives us Well, it takes time. You're going to need patience. And in between that time, that season of waiting, oftentimes God is going to allow you to go through trouble. And you may be wondering, why does God allow so much trouble in my life? Well, maybe that trouble is actually preparing you for what God has. Let me remind you in Romans chapter 5, verse 3, for example. This is a letter written to a church that was going through a lot of suffering. These were Christians that were literally dying because of their faith. These are people that just gave their lives to Jesus and maybe they expected their lives to be different and better and easier, but it was just the opposite. Many Christians were being killed and they were actually being thrown and fed by lions and many people were thrown into prisons and families were divided and homes were burned. So the Christians, they really didn't understand why God was allowing all of this suffering in their life. But notice what Paul said to this church in Rome. He said in Romans chapter 5 verse 3, Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know that the suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance Character, and character, hope. You see, it's hard to read a scripture like this one. Because in the moment of suffering and struggle, we have the tendency to complain. We have the tendency to be angry and even question God. But imagine if you received a letter like this, asking really asking of you to rejoice in a time of suffering. Maybe you're suffering right now and you're listening to this message because the Lord actually wants you to rejoice in the suffering you're in. And you're thinking, well, why would I ever want to do that? And it's simple. Because the Bible says that that very suffering you're going through is actually producing something great in your character. You see, this is why God often allows us to go through trials and setbacks and struggle. Because that very situation of struggle in your life is working on your character. That character is actually being prepared for the very calling God has on your life. So when you read the story of David, it's no wonder that many times you're going to see David going through more battles than victories. You're going to see David going through more days of loneliness. 
You're going to see David suffer betrayal. David was often attacked by people. The Bible even shows us that while David was shepherding the sheep, all of a sudden a lion and a bear came out of nowhere and attacked. You're probably thinking, well, why would that ever happen? What we know is because God was using that very lion and bear to prepare him for the future battle he would have with the giant Goliath. You see, God uses everything for our good. You may not like it. You may not understand it. But if you would allow what you're going through right now to teach you and mold your character, rather than complaining and being sad about it, you might actually rejoice because you know that the very thing you're going through right now is actually working on your behalf. So when David was anointed king, it would take 15 years, and those 15 years would be filled with trouble and trials that would actually prepare him for the calling that God had for his life. The Bible says in verse 19, see, David now, he thought that the vision was going to happen right away. David was actually in the palace. He was actually one of King Saul's servants. And David loved Saul. And Saul loved David. But see, at this moment, Saul got jealous of David. David had a lot of victories because God was with him. David won a lot of battles, and with that came a lot of praise from people. And as King Saul heard the praise, he got jealous. He got angry. And on several occasions, he tried to even kill David. Can I just remind you that King Saul was actually at this point David's father-in-law? They were family. And David couldn't understand why all of this was happening. He was innocent. So David now, he's hiding in a field, as we just read. David would hide in this field whenever Saul would try to chase him down and kill him. And Saul's son said to David, listen, I think you're overreacting. I don't think my father is literally going to kill you. But I'm going to go find out. And David had this plan with Jonathan. Go find out if your father really wants to kill me. I'm going to be hiding in the field. If your father wants to kill me, shoot an arrow and let that arrow fly beyond me. But if everything is safe and I am overreacting, then shoot that arrow, but shoot it short so that I know I can come back to the palace and everything's fine and there's no danger. So David was hiding in the field. And in verse 19, the Bible says that Jonathan told David, Go to the field where the trouble began. See, trouble will begin in your life as it did for David. And what I notice about this scripture <clears throat> is that David is now in a field. He's hiding. It's dark. 
It's cold. But what really breaks my heart is that David doesn't know what's next. David doesn't know what's going to happen. He's not prepared. Maybe that's where you're at right now. You're in a place of hiding. You just don't know what's going to happen next in your life. You're not prepared for the future. And it has you worried. The Bible says in verse 36, as David was out hiding in the field, fearing for his life, that Jonathan shot the arrow. But what really grabbed my attention, church, as we read it, it says that in the morning, Jonathan went out to the field for this meeting with David. He had a small boy with him, and he said to the boy, run and find the arrows I shoot. Remember, that was the plan. And as the boy ran, here it is, he shot an arrow beyond him. That's the phrase that really grabbed my heart, that really put this entire message together. The arrow shot beyond him. And when David saw that arrow fly beyond him, his entire life changed. See, at that moment, before this moment, David was in the palace. Imagine going from a shepherd in the field to now working for the king in a palace. That's a massive upgrade. That's a big promotion. But see, all of a sudden, when David saw that arrow fly beyond him, in that moment, David lost everything. David would lose the comfort of working for the king and being in that palace. When that arrow flew beyond him, at that moment, he lost his friend. Did you know that when that arrow flew beyond him, David would also lose his marriage to his first wife. See, when I realized that that arrow went beyond him, everything changed. Everything got worse. Everything got more difficult. And now David finds himself running for his life, not knowing what's going to happen, not knowing what's next. When I read this scripture and I realized the arrow went beyond him, I realized something that really just convicted me. That word beyond, or when something is beyond you, it's literally defined as when something is difficult to understand. It's also defined as when something is outside of your ability to fix. So when something is beyond you, it means it's too difficult for you to understand. When something is beyond you, it means that something you can't fix. You can't change. It's beyond you. You see, when I read this, I realized that 
even though the Lord was with David, even though the Lord had a purpose for David, even though David was anointed, and David had a great vision from God to be king someday, I realize that sometimes God allows things in our lives that are beyond us. Maybe you're going through something that's beyond you right now. You're going through something that we don't even understand why. Even now as a nation, as we're locked at home, as we're wondering what's going to happen next, as we all suffer through this pandemic with this coronavirus, that's something that happened all of a sudden. And let me tell you this morning, it's beyond us. We're trying to figure out how to get rid of it. It's beyond us. We don't understand why God allowed it. It's beyond us. You see, I learned through this story that oftentimes God will allow things in your life and in my life that goes beyond us. You just don't understand. Or you don't have the ability to change or fix it. Maybe right now you've lost your job. See, like David, David at that moment, he lost his job. David's job was not only to be a warrior, but he also had a job in that palace to play and sing worship for the king. And at that moment, when that arrow went beyond him, he lost his position. And there are millions of people today in our country that have lost their position, that have lost their job, that are struggling right now. And it's beyond you. You've lost your comfort like David did. And it's just beyond you. You're saying, God, I just don't understand why you've allowed this. There's some parents right now and you're raising a child that's rebelling, giving you so much trouble. And as a parent, it's beyond you. You don't know what you're going to do to really change the life of this child. You don't understand why they're doing it. And it's beyond you right now. There are so many reasons and so many situations that are just beyond us. When that arrow went beyond David, you know that at that moment, it looked like the promises of God were false. It looked like the promises of God were over. And sometimes in our lives, it's going to look like God has let you down. It's going to look like God has failed you. And now it's beyond you. You're saying, God, I just don't understand how you work. I don't understand why you're doing this to me. And Lord, I can't fix this. Lord, I can't change this. How many things in your life right now can you name? There's just, it just goes beyond you. You can't change it. You can't fix it. And you can't understand it. See, I'm speaking to anyone this morning 
who's going through a situation that's beyond them. I'm speaking to parents. I'm speaking to marriages that right now it's beyond you to fix. You're thinking about divorce. You think that it's beyond you to love again. It's beyond you to forgive. It's beyond us to get back to where we used to be when we made those vows. I'm talking to anyone this morning who's going through some physical illness. And it's gone beyond you. And you don't know how you're going to get healed. I'm speaking to anyone who's going through a financial struggle. And it's beyond you how you're going to put food on the table. It's beyond you how you're going to pay for those bills. I'm talking to pastors who call me throughout the week crying. Who are afraid of losing their church. Because they just don't know how they're going to recover from this. It's beyond you. See, through all the struggles, through all the setbacks that are beyond you, always remember that it never goes beyond God. God remains in control. God remains in authority. So even though as a church, we're going through something that's beyond us, and as individuals, you're going through something that's beyond you. You can't, you can't understand it. You can't fix it. You can't change it. And you're saying, God, this is beyond me. When something in your life is beyond you, you need to trust God. When that arrow went beyond David, and David lost everything, and his whole life changed in an instant, like maybe yours has. God was still God. God still had a plan. And the promise that God made to David would happen, even though it would happen in ways David never wanted or even expected. So when I realized that that arrow went beyond him, it represents the things in your life you don't understand. That arrow going beyond David represented losing things you thought you'd never lose. That arrow in David's life also represents when it went beyond him, the situations you're not going to understand. The situations you're not going to be able to fix. At that moment, David lost everything, his position, his comfort. You know that David could do nothing to fix Saul. See, I believe like David, all of us might have a Saul in our life. That's a person that you used to love. It's a person that you were friends with. It's a person you were married to. It's a family member that right now is making your life a living nightmare. Saul represents a person that is selfish, a person that is hurting you. And no matter how much David cared for Saul, no matter what David did for Saul, 
None of it changed Saul's heart and attitude towards David. Do you know that there are also some people in your life that are beyond your ability to fix? So whatever goes beyond your ability, surrender it to God. See, when I looked at that arrow that went beyond David, I realized why God used an arrow to guide David. Because in the Bible, an arrow was always a symbolism. It was always a symbol of victory. Let me show you this in 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 17. Elijah had a, a man that was confronted by an enemy. And he was about to go into battle. And this man was afraid. And remember, Elijah was a prophet who spoke on the behalf of God. A messenger from God. So God had a message for this man. See, Elijah said, open the east window. So this man opens the window. And he said, as he opened it, shoot, Elijah said. And he shot. But notice what he shot. The Lord's arrow of victory. Let me say that one more time. The Lord's arrow of victory. The arrow of victory over Aram, Elijah declared. See, as this man was afraid for his life, afraid for his future, Elijah said, grab this arrow and shoot it towards the enemy. But as you shoot it, that arrow declared that you would have victory. So see, when you put it all together, I understand now why David and Jonathan had in their heart to use an arrow because God was doing it. God was showing David that the arrow was a symbol of deliverance and victory. And you're saying, well, pastor, what's the point? My point is this, that with God, even though things in your life are beyond you, even though you're going through a circumstance you don't understand, even though you have a situation that is beyond your ability to handle or even change or fix, you need to declare because the Lord is with you, you will be delivered and you will have the victory. So whatever you're going through, God is letting you know, even though it's beyond you, David, you're going to have victory. David, I'm going to deliver you. So even though David was in a place of uncertainty like you may be, and even though David lost his position, he lost his comfort, he was going through this, this intense trial, God was letting him know that even though it's beyond you, David, I'm going to deliver you. See, I'm speaking to anyone this morning who doesn't understand what's going on in their life. I'm speaking to anyone this morning who's going through a trial that goes beyond your ability to change. 
The Lord wants you to know that even though it may be beyond you right now, you can't handle it. The Lord is going to give you deliverance. The Lord is going to give you a victory. There is an arrow in that situation you're in right now. But notice that Elijah told him, declare it. Declare it. So rather than being afraid right now, rather than being discouraged or angry, why don't you begin to declare the victory and the deliverance of God in that area in your life that is beyond you right now? Go ahead. In your own time, declare the victory over your marriage. Declare the victory over your sickness. Declare deliverance and victory over that rebellious child right now. Whatever it is you're going through, begin to believe and declare that the Lord will deliver you and give you victory. Rather than being anxious or worried or discouraged, begin to say, Lord, I know I have the victory over this right now. Let victory and deliverance prevail. See, nothing goes beyond God. I love it because God used an arrow. Why? Not only was it a symbol of things that are beyond you, it was also a symbol of delivery and victory. But did you know in order for an arrow to work in its purpose, it has to be pulled back with great tension and released to go forward and propel? You see, that's how God works. I believe God used an arrow to direct David because he was letting David know three things. Number one, David, this is beyond you. I don't expect you to fix it. I don't expect you to change it. David, this is beyond you. So I'm going to take care of it. The second reason God used an arrow because he was letting David know. David, I know things are going to get scary for you. David, I know you're going to lose a lot of things. And I know, David, right now it's not going to make sense and you're afraid. But David, there's a victory in your future. And David, I'm going to deliver you. And the third reason that God used an arrow to direct David was because he was letting David know, like that arrow that needs tension to go forward, he's saying, David, right now things are going to get tense. And this tension is just for a moment. But when it's released, when I release you, David, from this tension, you're going to go forward. You're going to go beyond what you ever imagined. See, right now you might be tense. And there's tension every day of your life. But like we read in Romans, what if the very thing right now that has you tense is being used by God to propel you to your destiny, to move you forward in ways beyond you ever imagined? And even though right now it's tense and there's a lot of tension, God is letting you know it's only for a moment. It's only temporary. Because when I'm done with you 
and I release you, you're going to see me do things and deliver you in ways that only I can get the glory for. So right now, maybe you're saying, Pastor, my life is tense. Things in my family are tense right now. I have financial tension. There's physical tension. There's emotional tension. There's tension all around me. We're living in tense times. Tension is at an all-time high right now. But don't let that tension discourage you. Don't let that tension frustrate you. Let that tension be used by God to propel you to your destiny. So if you're going through something that's beyond you, surrender it to God and say, Lord, this is beyond me. So I trust you. The Lord is going to deliver you. You just have to wait. The Lord is going to give you victory. Just be patient. And I believe the Lord is going to propel you. He's going to promote you. He's going to move you forward. But He's going to do it through tension. Through that very tense circumstance that you don't understand, God says, there's a purpose for. That very tense situation right now you think is unfair, there's a reason for So we need to trust God. So remember that now David, when that arrow went beyond him, he lost everything. Life changed for him forever. And I know many people have that moment in their life they can remember that went beyond them, that changed everything in their life. Whatever that is, maybe right now, Would you begin to declare that through the Lord, He's going to deliver you? And He's going to move you forward? Even though it's tense? Even though you don't understand it? Like David, you just need to trust God. Because whatever God says in His Word and His promises, it will come to pass. So David finds himself, when that arrow went beyond him, he knew, it's over. I got to go out into the desert in the unknown. I got to run for my life. I need to hide. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what God wants from me. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I don't even know how I would ever become king under this situation. See, sometimes in our lives, we enter that place of uncertainty, that everything goes beyond us. But see, David, he had a plan. And I know that David had no direction, David had no answers. David had no ability to get him out of this situation. Did you know that because of this situation, David wrote Psalm 34? Right after David ran, he ended up in another territory. He ended up in a place he never imagined he'd be in. 
But in that moment, David was encouraged to write Psalm 34. And as I read Psalm 34, to see what was on David's mind during this moment that everything was beyond him and he lost everything, what stuck out to me was Psalm 34, 18. David says in Psalm 34, 18, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirit is crushed. Whose spirit is crushed. See, now I want to begin to show you how to overcome a crushed spirit. David was honest with himself. He wasn't in denial. And when he wrote and prayed through this psalm, he told God, my spirit is crushed. See, he knew that his heart was broken because of the situation he was in. His spirit was crushed because he never expected to lose everything overnight. You know that a lot of us, if we're not careful, your spirit can be crushed. See, a crushed spirit simply means it's when the inner you is sad. It's literally an inner sadness and depression that settles in your mind and in your emotions. Let me say that one more time. A crushed spirit is inner sadness or depression that settles in your mind and in your emotions. And this is what frightens me about a crushed spirit. You can smile and have a crushed spirit. You could laugh and have a crushed spirit. You could tell everyone, I'm okay, I'm fine, everything's good, and still have a crushed spirit. You can pray and read your Bible and go to church and sing and still have a crushed spirit. I can preach the Word of God and have a crushed spirit. You can raise your family, go through your life like normal and have a crushed spirit. A crushed spirit is so easy to hide, but impossible to deny. And I believe that many people right now, through the circumstances and the difficulty, they're living life with a crushed spirit. There's an inner sadness in you. There's a moment of depression inside you in your mind and in your emotions. And let me remind you today, if you're a believer, if you're a Christ follower, if you're a Christian, it's never going to stop a crushed spirit. Believers alike go through seasons where their spirit is crushed. So if you're a believer, you love the Lord, but your spirit is crushed, don't feel guilty about it. It just means you're human. 
It just means you're in a sinful world where problems will happen. Because even Christians suffer. So don't ever let anyone tell you, you shouldn't feel sad, you're a Christian. You shouldn't go through depression, you're a Christian. Because there's no denying that David loved the Lord. The Bible says that David had a heart after God. David was a worshiper. When you look at the story of David, there's no question he was a believer who loved and walked with God. But even he said, my spirit is crushed. I'm sad right now, God. It doesn't mean I don't believe you, Lord. It doesn't mean I've given up on you, God. It just means that I don't feel like getting up right now. It just means I feel like crying. It just means I'm sad because I don't like what I'm going through. The Bible says in Proverbs 18, 14, that a crushed spirit, well, that's Psalm 34, 18, but I want to read Proverbs 18, 14. It says, a man's spirit sustains him in sickness. But a crushed spirit, who can bear? Notice that question. A crushed spirit, who can bear? That word bear literally means to carry. So the Bible is saying when your spirit is crushed, you can't stay that way forever. You won't be able to carry that load. Eventually, it's going to cause a lot of mental and emotional and spiritual damage. So even though it's common to go through seasons of having a crushed spirit because of things that are beyond you and things that you've lost and circumstances and people hurting you, whatever it may be, the Bible says you can't handle that. You can't bear that. So maybe there are listeners today, this morning, who have a crushed spirit. See, when I thought about this, I thought about what a crushed spirit does. A crushed spirit happens when something physical occurs, it's a problem. So it could be a job loss. It could be a divorce. It could be a problem with a loved one. It could be the death of a loved one. It could be a circumstance of any type. But see, when that physical circumstance begins to affect you mentally with thoughts of discouragement, thoughts of fear, thoughts of it's over, give up, those thoughts transfer over emotionally. So now you begin to feel scared. You begin to feel alone, discouraged. And if your spirit is crushed long enough, you begin to think ways you shouldn't be thinking. You begin to feel things you shouldn't be feeling. And maybe even do things you shouldn't even be doing. 
So let me explain some to you. Let me give you some examples of people in the Bible that had a crushed spirit. I thought about Moses, the great leader of God. The Bible says he was under so much pressure when he was leading the nation of Israel to the promised land that he literally was so discouraged, his spirit was so crushed. He asked God for a favor. You know what that favor was? He said, Lord, would you do me a favor and just kill me? Just take my life. You see, Moses' crushed spirit led him to believe there was no better way in life than just die and be with the Lord. He had no excitement for life anymore. He had no enthusiasm for his future. And that's how you know you have a crushed spirit. Did you know that not only Moses, but I thought about Elijah. The Bible says that Elijah was so afraid of Jezebel, an evil woman that wanted to kill all the men of God, all the prophets of God, and Elijah thought that he was going to die. And that fear of this woman, that fear, caused him to run away and hide. See, when you have a crushed spirit, you want to isolate yourself from people. You want to be alone all the time. And the Bible says that all he did was sleep. He didn't want to get up. That's depression speaking. And then Elijah even prayed and said, Lord, just take my life. A great man of God like Elijah had a crushed spirit. And it caused him to think and feel things that weren't accurate. And he, in that fear, he had depression. Did you know that Job, a great man of God again, who prayed every morning and gave sacrifices, that even God said to the devil, there is no one like Job. What a godly man. But see, when Job lost his finances, when Job got sick, And when Job lost his children, even Job prayed, curse the day I was born. He really wished he never existed because the spirit was so crushed by the physical circumstances, it affected him in such an emotional way that it caused him to believe and desire that he was never born. I thought about Naomi. Naomi went through such a severe famine that she went to the land of Moab. But while in the land of Moab, the Bible says she lost her husband. She lost her two sons. So she lost her family. And the Bible says that Naomi had a change of identity. She no longer wanted to be called Naomi, which in the Hebrew is a name that means pleasant. But she wanted to call herself Mara, which in the Hebrew is a name that means bitter. See, Naomi, her character began to change from pleasant to bitter. Because if your spirit is crushed long enough, you stop being a pleasant person. You stop being kind and compassionate. You stop being nice and giving. And you just become grumpy and bitter all the time. So even though it's normal for us to experience seasons of having a crushed spirit like David did, 
Don't allow yourself to stay that way. If you have a crushed spirit today because you've gone through a lot, it's okay. You're sad right now. That's all right. You're going through some depression. That's normal. But as your pastor, I'm telling you this morning, you won't be able, like Proverbs says, to bear that much longer. It's going to come a point that it's going to affect your thoughts and your emotions and affect everything around you. It's going to affect the people that love you. It's going to affect the environment you're in. So if you have a crushed spirit, don't deny it. Don't feel guilty. Like David, tell the Lord, Lord, I have a crushed spirit. The situation that I'm in right now, I don't like it. In fact, if you have a crushed spirit right now, the Lord knows. Because David said in Psalm 34, 18, as we read that again, he said, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he rescues those who are crushed in spirit. What a confession David made to God. I want you to notice something. He said, the Lord is close. I want to highlight that. The Lord is close. And I want you to remember something. David declared, even though the arrow went beyond him, couldn't understand it, lost everything, uncertain of what was next, he said, the Lord is close. He referred to God as the Lord, all capital, which means master and in control, authority. So if you have a crushed spirit over any circumstance you're going through, you need to begin to declare the Lord is still Lord. You say, God, I don't like it, but I know you have a plan. God, I don't understand it, but I trust you because you're my Lord. Lord, you are authority over everything I'm going through right now. And not only did David declare that God was Lord, he said he's close. Because the devil lies to you when things are beyond you. When you're going through a circumstance and you're going through a trial that has just caused so much pain in your life, the devil wants to convince you that the Lord is gone. The Lord is far. The Lord is nowhere to be found. Otherwise, why would this have happened to you? But even though David lost the palace, and David lost his wife, and David lost his friend, and David was in an uncertain place with no direction and afraid, he knew that God was close to him. Right now, the Lord is closer than he's ever been during this pandemic. Right now, whatever you're going through, the Lord is close. He hasn't abandoned you. He's not far. He's closer than you think. So David said, not only is he Lord, he's close to the broken heart. There's no denying that what you went through or are going through right now has your heart broken. And maybe that broken heart has now crushed your spirit. 
There's an inner sadness and depression in you that has now affected you emotionally and mentally because that's what a crushed spirit does. It starts in the mind and ends in the emotions. That's a crushed spirit. But David said, the Lord rescues. If you are someone this morning who has a crushed spirit, and every day you might smile, you might laugh, you might be telling jokes and living life, convincing everyone that you're okay. But only you and God knows the truth. Only God is really close to you. And if you're honest enough with yourself and God, you might say, Lord, I'm sad. I've lost my joy. There's this inner sadness in me. And it's affecting the way I think and it's affecting the way I feel. And you have a crushed spirit. And if that's you, the Lord can deliver you. I don't know who you are or who's listening right now. But like Proverbs says, when you have a crushed spirit, you can't bear it. And you don't have to. David knew that even though his spirit was crushed, the Lord can deliver him. And you're probably thinking, well, how? How do I get over my crushed spirit? Did you know that within that psalm David wrote in 34, he teaches us how to overcome a crushed spirit? Because I believe this morning there is a lot of people in this country right now that have a crushed spirit. There's a lot of people within the churches all around America that have a crushed spirit. There are families, there are parents, there are spouses, Christians, and even pastors whose spirit has been crushed by these difficult circumstances. You can overcome it today. And this is how. The Bible says, going back to Psalm 34, but I want you to look at verse 1 now. And in verse 1, David said this. David did things to get himself over that crushed spirit. He said, I will praise the Lord at all times. Notice David said that phrase, all times. All times. Because the first thing David did to get himself out of that crushed spirit was praise God. But you know that you cannot praise God only when life is good. You can't praise God when everything is going your way. Because there are seasons that everything is fine and it's easier to praise God. But God always deserves the highest praise. So no matter what time it may be, it may be a good time, it may be a bad time. Whatever time it is, David knew that the Lord will be praised at all times. So we may be going through difficult times right now. 
the Lord still deserves praise. So even though David went through that situation that the arrow flew beyond him, he lost everything in one night. When David got alone with God and he wrote Psalm 34 as a result of all of this, he said, I will praise the Lord. He didn't say, I'm going to get bitter. I'm going to get angry. Oh, I'm sad right now. My spirit is crushed right now. But I'm going to praise God. What does it mean to praise God? It literally means to give Him thanks. To thank God. You know why praise is so important? Because when you're going through a difficult trial, did you know that there's still always a reason to give God thanks? You may be in a mess right now. You may have lost a lot of things right now. And your spirit may be crushed. But if you look at yourself right now, if you look at your life right now, there will always be a reason you can say to God, thank you. You may not like the situation you're in right now, but you can thank God that this morning you got up out of the bed. You may not like what you're going through right now, but you can thank God that He is still in control. You need to thank God that He's a provider. You need to thank God that He's a deliverer. See, when you think about praise, remember that when your spirit is crushed, spirits that are crushed affect the mind and the emotion. That's what a crushed spirit is. Did you know that when you begin to praise God through your crushed spirit, you begin to thank God for anything in your life right now? Did you know that the word praise actually has the word raise in it. Because that's what praise does. Praise will lift you up. As you lift God up, it will lift you up. When you begin to praise God and give Him thanks, you know what happens? Remember, when your spirit is crushed, you're thinking bad thoughts. When your spirit is crushed, you're thinking the worst case scenario. When your spirit is crushed, you're thinking thoughts of depression. You're thinking thoughts of loneliness. You're thinking thoughts of defeat. It's affecting you emotionally. But when you begin to praise, when you begin to thank God and say, thank you, Lord, and thank you, God, and I thank you for this, and I thank you for that, and even though I'm going through this, I thank you, Lord, because of that. When you're praising God, your mind shifts from the problem to God. That's why praise raises you. Because you begin to think about the Lord. And your mind shifts out of the problem. Out of your circumstances. And your mind gets put on God. That's why when you praise and your mind goes on God. And you begin to declare the goodness of God and you begin to praise Him, your mind literally lifts out of that circumstance. And it begins to transfer this 
amazing strength emotionally. When you really get down to it and praise God in the bad times, it will raise you. I remember when I was younger, I couldn't understand it, but I had this example at home. When my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, it was sad. Her spirit was crushed. But I will never forget the sound of my mom laying in bed, singing a worship song to God. See, it doesn't seem rational at that moment. But I realized what my mom was doing. At that moment of praise, it was lifting her up as her mind was placed on God. And at that moment, not the cancer. Whatever you go through, don't ever allow it to rob God of the praise He deserves. Right now, you may be going through a situation that's beyond you. You don't understand it. You you can't fix it. You're saying, God, this is beyond me. But Lord, I thank you. Jesus had the habit of thanking God, even in the midst of difficult circumstances. When you begin to just say thank you, it means that you're admiring and appreciating God. And many people lose their praise in the down times. Many people lose their praise because life is hard. But when you begin to praise like David did, David had that crushed spirit, but he said, even though I've lost everything, I'm going to write psalms to God. I'm going to thank God. And that's how the Lord will begin to rescue you. You thank God for His goodness. You thank God for His provision. If you're sick, you thank God that He's a healer. No matter what your situation may be right now, begin to make a habit of praise. How do you know when you have that habit of praise in your life? Notice what David wrote in verse 1 of Psalm 34, as he said, I will always praise God. The Bible says, I will praise the Lord at all times. Because remember, praise is not circumstantial. It's an all-time thing. But David said, I will constantly speak his praises. David said, I will continue and constantly speak praise. How do you know you have a habit of of praise? Well, let me ask you this. How have you been speaking lately? The Bible says that life and death is in the power of your tongue. Whatever it is you're going through right now, examine how you're speaking. What comes out of your mouth in circumstances that are difficult and beyond you? Are you speaking negative right now? When you talk about your problem, is there a sound of defeat in your voice? What comes out of your mouth? Are you telling yourself, it's never going to change. It's never going to get better. It's only going to get worse. And why would God do this? And this is so unfair. And I know a lot of people that deserve this, not me. And everything that comes out of your mouth is negative. 
and you're not praising God. There is power in the way you speak. David could have said, God, this is so unfair. David could have even spoken bad about Saul. He's so ungrateful. He's so selfish. He deserves to die. I can't believe I, he's my father-in-law after everything I did. But David chose to speak wisely. And he spoke with praise. Examine your words. Because that will tell you whether you have a habit of praise right now. That's why God told Elijah when he was in a valley of dry bones, everything was dead and hopeless. God said, speak to it. Speak life to it. When Jesus went into town and there was a sick girl in the room and everyone knew, told Jesus, she's dead, it's over, and they were crying. And Jesus said, why are you crying? She's not dead, she's alive. He was speaking positive and everyone laughed at him. But when the Bible says that Jesus went in that little girl's room and he grabbed her, he didn't just grab her. The Bible says Jesus spoke and said, little girl, I tell you to rise. So Jesus spoke life into a dead situation. How are you speaking about your problems today? Begin to speak words of life and praise to God like David did. And you'll begin to see the spirit that's crushed right now raise again. Your mind and your emotions will begin to change again. So how do you overcome a crushed spirit? Praise. Hey, remember, it's beyond you right now. You could do nothing to change it. You can do nothing to fix it, to control it. It's beyond you. So if it's beyond you and you can do nothing, you might as well just do something you can do. And that's praise. So number one, praise. David praised. He never lost his praise when everything was beyond him. Number two, and lastly, Verse 4 of Psalm 34, David said, not only was he going to pray continuously, but in verse 4 of Psalms, he said, I prayed to the Lord, and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. Now, I want to hold this verse up as I explain something to you. Remember that when this situation was beyond him, he couldn't understand it, fix it, or change it, or control it. There are two things you need to do when life is beyond you. Praise and pray. When I talk about prayer, David prayed to the Lord. And he answered me. But notice what happened when he prayed. He freed me from all my fears. I want to highlight that word fears for a minute. Because what is fear? It's an emotion. What's a crushed spirit? It's when your mind and your emotions affect you. 
How do you overcome a crushed spirit? You begin to pray. Notice what David said here. He said, the Lord answered me. He said, he freed me. Not from my problems. Not from my circumstance. No, none of that changed yet. David was still confused. He was still out in the field lost. Didn't know what was going to happen. He still lost the palace. Still lost his marriage. Still lost his friend. Nothing in David's life changed. But notice what God freed him from. An emotion. The Lord freed me from my fears. Did you know that even though you're in a situation that's beyond you right now, and even though nothing has changed, the Lord can still set you free from the emotions that have you in bondage. And maybe that very emotion is fear right now, and you're fearing for your life. You're fearing for your future. You're fearing for your children. You're fearing for your job. You're fearing for your life. Whatever that fear is, you can be delivered from it through prayer. David knew that even though he was in a situation that was beyond him, he said, I can praise and I can pray. See, that's what happens when you have a crushed spirit. A crushed spirit will affect you mentally and emotionally. And remember, when you praise, your mind goes on God. But when you pray, you take that very thing your mind is on and you surrender it to the Lord. Because that's what prayer is and that's what prayer does. Whatever you pray about is an act of surrender to God. So if you pray to God about a situation, you're saying, Lord, I'm surrendering this situation to you. And that's exactly why it will raise you when you pray as well. Because whatever is beyond you and out of your control should be in the control of God. So when you pray, it's literally an act of surrender. So when it's beyond you, you're saying, Lord, I'm just going to pray about it. And I'm going to surrender it to you. Because prayer is a very act of surrender and trust to God. So whatever you can control, you pray for. Whatever goes beyond your ability to fix or change, you pray for. Whether it's a situation in life, whether it's a person that's wreaking havoc in your life, whether it's a marriage, whether it's a child, a sickness, a financial crisis, whatever it may be that is beyond you right now should be prayed for. Pray about it and give it to God. That's why the Bible says in Philippians 4, 6-7, through 7, the Bible says not to be anxious about anything. Anything. Notice the Bible says, do not be anxious about a thing. Nothing. So you know that right now God is saying, whatever it is you're going through, I don't want you anxious about. So let me read this in ways you might understand and relate to you today. God's word says today, do not be anxious about coronavirus. Do not be anxious about money. 
Do not be anxious about your children. Do not be anxious about your future. Do not be anxious about anything. And if the Lord says it, it's because it's possible for you to do it. So the Bible says you can live a life free from anxiety. Do not be anxious about anything. How amazing would that be if anxiety never controlled your mind any longer? It's possible. Notice how. But in everything, by prayer. See, anxiety does not leave when your problems have changed. Anxiety doesn't change when and leave when life is better. Anxiety goes away only through prayer. Only by prayer. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with, notice, thanksgiving. What is that? That's praise. So what's the cure to fear and anxiety? The Bible says you pray and you praise. With prayer, with petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. You let God know. Notice it says present. You just give it to God. That's an act of surrender. When you pray, you're surrendering it to God. And notice what happens after. There's an emotional transfer that takes place. And the peace of God. Let me highlight that. The peace of God. So let me show you something. You can go from being anxious to having the peace of God. What does the peace of God mean? You know that right now, God has peace. That's the peace of God, not the peace of you or someone else, the peace of God. Because right now, God is enthroned in heaven. Do you think God is afraid right now? You think God is worried right now? I really doubt that God is looking down from heaven and saying, what are we going to do about this virus right now? What are we going to do about all these millions of job losses? What are we going to do about the president, the economy, and every God, he's at peace. And God says, I want to give you some of that. And it's done through prayer. When you pray about what you're anxious about, you surrender it to God. And when you truly surrender it to God, there is a peace of God which transcends all understanding. You know what that means? You have a peace that makes no logical sense. You have a peace when you should be worried. You have a peace when you should be afraid. It makes no sense because it's the peace of God. And lastly, it says, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts, that's your emotions, and your mind. Those are your thoughts. Remember, a crushed spirit affects your emotions and your mind. So God is saying through Philippians, when you pray and you give God thanks and praise, 
you have this overcoming sense of peace that literally will protect you emotionally and mentally. So therefore, it is impossible for you to remain with your spirit crushed. So let me close with this. Maybe today the Lord is speaking to you. And I don't know who you are or what you're going through, but you're saying right now, I have a crushed spirit. Mentally, I'm anxious and I'm afraid. Mentally, I'm thinking the worst about myself and my life and my future. Emotionally, I'm just anxious. Emotionally, I'm sad. Emotionally, I'm down. Emotionally, I've lost joy and hope. You're saying to God, I have a crushed spirit. There's no denying that what you went through or what you're going through has crushed your spirit. Hey, if that's you, let me remind you that it's okay. It's it's human. It's normal. Remember that even the greatest of godly men and women in the Bible had a season of their spirit being crushed. But let me also remind you, you can be delivered from it. You don't have to stay that way. So if your crushed spirit has kept you down long enough, right now the Bible says you can rise again. You can get up. God can lift you up. So whatever it is that has you down like David did. David had a life-changing situation, maybe like you have. Everything went beyond David's ability to fix, like it's beyond your ability to fix right now. Hey, don't be discouraged. Don't be anxious. Begin to declare and speak praise to God. Begin to thank Him. And as you're thanking him, whatever it is that has you crushed spiritually, whatever it is that has you afraid, like Philippians tells us, just pray it over to God. You say, Lord, right now, I'm anxious about this. But Lord, I'm praying to you because I can't handle it. It's beyond me. So, Lord, I'm surrendering this to you. And when those thoughts of it come back, remember, that belongs to God now. So have peace. And that's how you can overcome a crushed spirit. When that arrow went beyond David, it was not only a symbol of something that was beyond him, meaning you're not going to understand it or you can't even change it, Remember, that arrow was a symbol of victory. You might be down right now. You might be discouraged right now. Begin to declare the victory over that situation as you praise and pray that to God. The Lord will deliver you from all your fear as he did David. So even though the situation didn't change right there and then, David was delivered from fear. And I believe in my heart today, many of you need to be delivered from fear. Fear has dominated your thinking. It has controlled you emotionally. 
It has you sad and down all the time. But when you bring praise back to God, and you make it a habit to pray it over to the Lord in surrender, I believe that the peace of God that transcends all understanding will keep you from having that crushed spirit. It will guard you from your mind and your emotions. So whatever it is right now, let's pray about it. And begin to make a lifestyle of praise. If it's a family problem, like David had a family problem because technically Saul was his father-in-law. So when that arrow flew beyond him, he had an instant family crisis, an instant family problem. Maybe like Saul, like David, you have a person in your life that's beyond you right now. You can't fix them. You can't change them. And they're really causing a lot of stress in your life. Why don't you begin to surrender them in prayer? It can be a person. It can be a family's crisis. It could be something physical in your health something in your financial problem, whatever it is, pray it over to God. If you're saying right now, it's beyond me, I can't understand it, I can't fix it, then whatever that is needs to be surrendered over to God. Why would you continue to hold on to it? if you can do nothing about it. Give it over to the Lord. It reminds me of Jesus. Oftentimes when they brought someone to Jesus with their problems, Jesus would say, give it to me. So whether it was a small basket of of five loaves of bread and two fish that needed to be multiplied, Jesus said, give it to me. When it was a little dead girl, he said, give her to me. Oftentimes in the Bible, Jesus would only fix a situation when it was given to him. Hey, have you given that circumstance over to God? Well, if it's beyond you, it belongs to the Lord. So let's pray this morning. And let's thank him. Because even though everything right now might be beyond us, I want to first and foremost thank God that it's not beyond Him. There's an arrow in that situation you're in right now. There is victory and deliverance. So close your eyes with me and bow your heads as we pray. And take a moment right now as your eyes are closed to think about what's beyond you. What's that situation right now that goes beyond your ability to fix, to change, or control? Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Life is hard right now. We're in situations we never thought we'd be in. And Lord, there are some of us here today that are anxious afraid. I believe there are many today who have a crushed spirit. Father, I lift them up to you right now. Lord, thoughts and emotions have plagued them with fear and anxiety and discouragement. Their spirit is crushed. 
So Lord, I pray right now that they will bring praise back to their life. Let them have a thankful heart and attitude. I pray for that person that has anxiety right now and panic attacks and worry and fear. I pray that he or she may surrender that trial over to you right now. Father, I pray that we have the victory and the deliverance over any situation that has kept us with a crushed spirit. I pray for every woman, man, every child, every family, every marriage, every sickness and disease, every problem right now that is beyond us, Lord. It goes not beyond you. You have a plan and you have a purpose. So, Father, we now surrender that to you in prayer. In return, I pray that for your peace that surpasses all understanding to guard our hearts and our minds. Let us walk with an attitude of praise now as we surrender it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What a word. I know I needed that. I pray that this word was edifying to you this morning. If you have any questions about our church or today you're giving financially online, please go to our website. I'd love to hear from you as well if you're in need of prayer. Call our church office from 9 to 5. Thank you for joining us today this morning. I pray that you continue this week to declare the praise of God. Whatever it is that goes beyond you, give it over to the Lord. God bless you, and I'll see you next Sunday.